Welcome to Just Ahead Podcast. My name is Adele Dujardin, teacher turned life and leadership coach with a passion for helping others live a life that is happily theirs. Through interviews with folks five to ten years out of college, you will hear how they have carved out satisfying careers of all kinds. Here I speak with Aubrey Scarf to learn how she went from college graduate to co-creator of Rooted Apothecary, a boutique company making and selling natural products for health and beauty, and an esthetician and owner of Gemstone Skincare in Crested Butte, Colorado. I'm really curious about what you do and how you arrived at doing it. So maybe start sure. with telling about the new cream. Okay. Well, our new cream, the basis of it was kind of like we wanted to use white flowers that produced a blue essential oil. So we infuse yarrow, wild yarrow flowers, which are white. Um, into sweet almond oil and then mountain bluebells, which are blue, um, Mm -hmm. into jojoba oil. And then we added blue tansy essential oil and neroli essential oil. So it smells like candy, but it's so lovely. I know. And it's it's this beautiful blue color. And Uh it reminds me of something my grandmother had in her bathroom growing up. And like when I was making it, I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel like I remember something like this being in her bathroom, you know, like 25 years ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> blue is not so a color I ever really remember myself or, or think. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So yeah. it should be good. Okay. Yeah. So tell yeah. me like just to back up a little bit so I can, I can hear the excitement in your voice about what you do. So yes. what brought you to do this? You know, how did you even discover sure. it? What, what in you was attracted to it? So growing up, my dad was a DO, a doctor of osteopathic medicine. So kind of a little bit more alternative than the MD medical doctor. And then my mom um, is part Native American. So we kind of got to grow up in that that cool mix of, you know, Western medicine mixing with um, Native tradition and culture. My grandpa is like pretty full-fledged Mohawk Indian. So going to his house, he would, you know, talk to us in the language and show us pictures and tell us a lot about our family history there. So I always kind of had an interest in the medical world. And so when I was looking at colleges, my dad really wanted me to, you know, stay in Michigan and go to like a small liberal arts college where he Mm -hmm. went and like, you know, become a pharmacist and make a bunch of money and whatnot. (laughs) But I, um, at that point in my life, I just really wanted to go out in the world and kind of see what else was outside of Northern Michigan. So um, I ended up going to Colorado Mountain College in Leadville Mm -hmm. for my associate's degree. And then unfortunately, at the end of that year, I lost my father. He lost his battle with addiction and alcoholism. And yeah, the end of my senior year in college. So that kind of rocked my world. And um, like in a moment, I had to grow up and become an adult and not really rely on his direction anymore. And so a lot of what I saw him battle Mm -hmm. was kind of as a result of the failure of like, our Western medical system. He was, you know, he was a doctor, but he was also a pharmacist and he got in a pretty bad car accident when I was a kid. And as a result of that accident, he became addicted to narcotic painkillers. So for the next, you know, 
10 years, we kind of watched him battle this addiction. And then, yeah, unfortunately, at the end of my freshman year in college, he took his own life. So that kind of like woke me up to kind of be like, you know, I don't really want to go into the like classic medical system. Like, so I started looking around at alternative things. And then I kind of stumbled upon the university I eventually went to, which was Bastyr University. They're the only college in the United States that offers a degree for herbal science. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do it. You know, like how cool would that be to like go into alternative practice and learn more about what plants can do. So if I can interrupt here, like I'm wondering what questions, I mean, there were probably so many and there's a whole emotional (laughs) component around your death. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, specifically what you're talking about, you know, your path, what were some of the questions you had or, or disappointments you had in Western medicine that you were hoping or you wished had been addressed by yeah. practitioners for your dad? Yeah, for sure. The level of stress that a lot of physicians are under. Um, I feel like sometimes people see being a doctor as this really lucrative practice and um, it's not really the case. Um, my parents had their own medical practice. My dad was just a general practitioner, like family doctor. Mm-hmm. And the way that the insurance companies would reimburse was just not not much, you know. So eventually the business kind of ran into the ground. Mm. And my dad ended up having to go work at a, a Max 5 prison in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan mm-hmm. to, you know, find a job. And so that part of it was tough for us to see because, you know, my dad, he was a really good doctor, you know, and he provided for his patients this level of care that was really special. And if, if they couldn't afford to come see him, he would accept you know, like blueberries and maple syrup and art as payment, you know? So So it was hard for us to see in the medical world, I think, the lack of support that that doctors receive also. It's kind of, I feel like competitive in a way and not very supportive. And a lot of doctors have addiction issues, you know? So it was, it was interesting for us to see that piece of it, I think. So yeah, it was, for me, it was just like, I would rather go into something that just felt a little bit more supportive rather than Mm -hmm. something that was competitive, you know, and like getting, getting into med school is extremely competitive and yeah, that just wasn't really my style, I guess. Okay. So, so the model yeah. itself was something that you were feeling at odds with. So you found the University of Bastyr and with yeah. the in herbal science. Yeah. And what, what lit you up about that degree possibility? Yeah. So I was really interested in, yeah, what, what plants could do to help us with medicine. So I feel like plant medicine has been around since the beginning of time and we kind of have lost touch with that a little bit. And of course, there's a place for, you know, antibiotics and vaccines and things like that. But I was really interested to see what we could get from the earth, what we could get from going out into the woods and sitting with the plants and just kind of like almost making something out of nothing or making Mm -hmm. something out of what nature provided to us. Mm -hmm. I was really interested to learn just kind of like plant science, you know, like these things that come out of the ground or from the water or whatever. It's, it's really interesting to, to know about and to learn about. And how long were you at Bestier? How long was their program? 
So they have a two-year undergrad program. So because I had that two-year associate's degree from CMC and Leadville, I just had to take a couple more prerequisites to get into their um, bachelor degree program. Mm -hmm. So I was there for two years and actually ended up getting into, accepted into the naturopathic medicine program, Mm -hmm. either in Seattle or San Diego. And, you know, I was like, that's the reason kind of why I went to Bastyr was because eventually I thought I wanted to go into the naturopathic medicine program, but Seattle was tough for me. Like the rain, Uh (laughs) the gray, Uh Uh it was, it was, it was a little tough. Yeah. I was just like, you know, I want to take, I want to, I was, I was only 22 at that time when I graduated from Bastyr. And Bestier is and in I was Seattle. Like, Bestier is in Seattle. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I was I was really young, and I was like, you know what? Before I sign up for another four years of really intense college, I just kind of want to take a year off. I want to go back to Colorado. I want to be in. I want to like dry out, be in the uh-huh. sun a uh-huh. bit, you know. Uh-huh. So I actually ended up taking on an AmeriCorps Vista volunteer year okay. down in Gunnison, Colorado. And AmeriCorps and I remember, being the teaching? No. So AmeriCorps Vista um, is volunteer in service to America. Okay. So essentially the, the premise is that you are a volunteer at like a nonprofit or a public agency and you live at the level of the people you serve. So essentially you live at poverty for a year. Wow. It's funny too, because when I was applying for AmeriCorps jobs, the very first one I opened up, I saw Gunnison, Colorado. And I was like, Gunnison, like who would ever live there? Like I remember (laughs) driving through it. Yeah. (laughs) I remember driving through when I lived in Leadville, but I had never really explored the area or been up to Crested Butte. So I ended up applying to about 20 AmeriCorps jobs and only got called back on two. Okay. One of which was Gunnison and the other one was Moab, Utah. And I chose the work in Gunnison because it was working for a nonprofit that served children and their families. Okay. The job in Moab was working at um, a women's domestic violence shelter. And I just kind of resonated a little bit more with working with kids at that time. So, yeah, I, I put everything I owned in the back of my car and drove down to Gunnison 22 hours from Seattle. I didn't stop. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And how how are you feeling at this point? You know, what what, what were you hoping to get from this year? Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty emotional. You know, like I, I had formed a really close bond with the people who were in my herbal science class. There's only 13 of us and Mm -hmm. I had made such good friends with everyone there. So I was a little, you know, I was emotional about leaving, also really excited about coming back to Colorado. And I basically knew nobody in Gunnison. Like, you know, I had maybe one friend who, who was still in the area, but for the most part, I moved there totally alone by myself. I had just gotten out of a pretty serious relationship and yeah, it was kind of like a fresh new start for me. And I had only planned on being in Gunnison for a year and here I am six and a half years later. Yeah. Wow. Six and a half years later. Yeah. So you, you well, not, not knowing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of took a leap of faith, you know? Yeah. Leap of faith. What do you think went into that leap of faith in terms of things from inside you? Yeah. A big part of it was like, I really just wanted to enjoy 
the recreation that Colorado had to offer. Um, Seattle's a great hub for recreation, but it just wasn't my place, like the traffic. And yeah, I was just kind of overwhelmed being there. So for me, it was a chance to kind of do something by myself. Mm-hmm. Like when I moved out to college, I was in a relationship. When I was in at last year, I was in a relationship. So this was kind of like the first time in my adult life, mm-hmm. minus the loss of my father, that I was like doing something that I all on my own, you know, like I didn't really have any ties to Gunnison. I was starting a new job at a nonprofit. I literally like opened the newspaper and found the cheapest apartment I could live in, like not knowing the person I was about to move in with. And yeah, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of wild, you know, that is is a leap of faith. And I, I, And I just kind of picture this long drive from Seattle to Gunnison of just kind of being, yeah. kind of leaving behind and driving into the new. You were really, it was really kind yeah. of an announcement of a new chapter. It's funny you say that because when I was just so between um, Montrose and Gunnison is the Black Canyon. And I remember it was the first time I had ever driven by the Black Canyon. And I like, I got emotional. I started crying. I was like, I can't believe I'm coming to this beautiful place all on, you know, like, here we go, you know? So it was really, it was really exciting and awesome. And I'm very happy I did it. (laughs) I hear that. And I I feel like what you're saying prompted you was, listening to some things inside you about the basic for sure of what you needed to make yep. yourself happy in terms of physical environment. There was one particular afternoon, um, tour, like very close to um, us graduating from Bastyr and I was kind of lost. Like I was kind of just like, I mean, I know I can go do this ND program, but that means, you know, four or five more years of really intense school plus another $350,000 on top of student loan debt. Mm-hmm. That's something I feel like a lot of doctors don't talk about is the massive stress of Mm. the student loan debt. So I was living with my roommate, Gina, about five miles from the campus. And I remember I um, took the afternoon off of classes and I walked through the woods the whole time to our apartment. And I kind of just took this walk by myself and Yeah, I had to really ask myself, like, what do I want and what's important to me and what do I need at this point in my life? And for me, that was, yeah, going back to Colorado for what I thought was a year long break. (laughs) I mean, I just, it's a beautiful story. I mean, I just, those big questions you were asking yourself are so important. And I think a lot of times we don't ask ourselves because we're we're caught up in a feeling of already being on a track or... You know, exactly. Or what's going to make my parents happy, yes. or my friends happy or. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate almost that I kind of just like took that took that time for myself. And I literally I was walking in flip flops. So I like took my uh-huh. shoes off at one point. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just like, uh-huh. yeah, walking through the woods. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, I think I I think I just need to take a year off and yeah. go back to Colorado. Yeah. Some time, a little time in nature and just you just kind of for sure tuned in to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And then, so, so here you are starting off in Gunnison post your your time at Bastyr. You have your degree in the herbal science and was there any background noise for you about what you would eventually do with the herbal science degree? 
Um, you throw yourself into the volunteer work and, and a little bit of both. So I um, postponed or deferred my acceptance into the ND program for a year. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to go do that for a year. All good. And I started working at the nonprofit. It was Gunnison Country Partners at the time, but then we changed the name to Gunnison Valley Mentors. Mm-hmm. So a little bit similar to um, like Big Brothers Big Sisters. So underprivileged youth from the community are matched with an adult volunteer who kind of, yeah, they mentor them and guide them. And I I just saw this really beautiful work and I Mm. I kind of fell in love with it. Mm. And yeah, the premise of your AmeriCorps volunteer is that you're at the job for a year. So as my six months part kind of was coming up and I really just, I fell in love with Gunnison Valley. I met an awesome group of friends. The women who I worked with were so supportive and I kind of just started thinking like, huh, like maybe there's something other than, you know, just like going to med school and doing this type of thing, you know, as my year as AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer was coming up, the agency asked me to stay as a a full-time staff member, like depending on if they got this grant funding or not. And I, yeah, I chose to stay and we got the grant and I ended up staying at Gunnison Valley Mentors for three and a half years while Brianna, the woman who I started Rooted Apothecary with, Mm -hmm. um, kind of while, while her and I were still in the background like um, working at farmer's markets together and going to trade shows and things like that. So I stayed at the mentoring organization um, until, what was it, 2017. While we were kind of getting Rooted Apothecary up and running. And yeah, so I met Rihanna. So it was a little bit of of two things happening at once. So you're continuing with the nonprofit and yep. and then yep. met Brianna, who also has a, a similar background. Yeah. Yeah. So she, her and I met December of 2013 and she had already, um, it, it was, it was called Rose of Wellness at the time. And she mm-hmm. had already started selling things at the farmer's market and starting her herbal studies. And when you, say, she had just, when you say things, just tell us a little bit. Um, so like, like, um, handmade herbal products, like, mm-hmm. such as like salves and teas mm-hmm. and, um, lip balms and just kind of, um, like herbal handmade goods is mm-hmm. kind of how it all started. So I met her that December and she had just had a, a son at the time. And I kind of, I, I approached her and I was like, Hey, I have this degree in herbal science from Bastier. I'm working at a nonprofit, not really using my degree. Um, so she was like, yeah, come on board like let's do the farmer's market this summer so the Mm -hmm. first summer we worked together at the farmer's market was the summer of 2014 and it really just I really I don't think either one of us really knew what it would be at that time we were literally like making salves in the basement like salix was attached to her and we were just like chopping little amounts of beeswax and it was a very small production Uh that was like taking up my time in the summer or whatnot so during that time I just again I really had to sit back and ask myself what's important to me is is yeah. what's most important to me is having the degree of being a doctor or what is what is most important to me is like serving my community and I think through working at Gunnison Valley Mentors I really saw this 
strong want to serve my community and to mm. be a part of something that was a little bit larger than um, being a doctor or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Still, I think it's very important. But for but me, um, yeah, like I had already had so much student debt that I was like, oh, man, the thought of starting my life under 30 with almost half a million dollars in student debt, just it, it deterred me a little bit from making that choice. Yeah, and it sounds like, too, that you you th- this wasn't a sacrifice. It sounds like you realized through making these different th- products for people's health, you know, whether it's TVs yeah. or lotions, that you were yeah. serving them. And, and also, see, yeah, it was awesome. And also having spent time with you, you know, I, I, I see someone who very much likes working with their hands. I feel like you take, yeah. your, you know, when I see you in the yeah. kitchen, you, you like to make things. So I feel like that also, yeah. what you do now really meets that need as well. So it's the, it's the caretaker in you and then also the, the, the craftsman. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a really awesome way too, for us to, um, yeah, just again, meet members of the community. Like we had our regular people who would come back every summer for the farmer's market. And yeah, it was a really beautiful way of kind of, I'm kind of like an introvert, like a little bit shy and Brianna's much more like outgoing or whatnot. So I think that for me also was a really good way to be, um, it kind of helped me like come into my own, you know, which was, yeah, at that point in my life, I, I was like, I say like, I was really young. I'm still young now, but I was only like, yeah, like 23, 24 at the time, just kind of trying to figure it out. And um, so I decided to pursue a master's degree. One of the very last things my dad ever said to me was keep Mm. going, whatever you do, just keep going with your education. Mm. So I kind of, yeah, I took that with me. So while I was working at the mentoring organization and while Brianna and I were just tinkering around with the farmer's market, I was like, I really want, I just like, uh, I want to get my master's degree. I want to keep learning about herbs and nutrition and aromatherapy and all of this. So I ended up getting my master's degree online mm-hmm. um, in complementary alternative medicine. So medicine that adjoins like systems that are already in place. So if someone's already going through, you know, their medical journey, um, mm-hmm mentary alternative medicine just kind of complements and supports mm. what they're on. So yeah, it's nutrition, it's herbs, it's lifestyle, it's stress management, it's all these things. And so crazily and ironically enough, while I was getting my master's degree, I kind of again stumbled upon this program in Denver, which was the Denver School of Botanical and Medical Aesthetics. So I, I'm sure that people maybe in like rural mountainous valleys, it's hard to make a living working number one at a nonprofit and number Mm -hmm. two kind of in the service industry. So Mm -hmm. I kind of had to sit back and brainstorm and kind of be like, okay, what can, again, like, what can I do to, you know, make, make a decent amount of money here. And I always had an interest in dermatology. So when I, I don't even, I don't even really know how I came with this, came up with this idea to get my aesthetics license, but um, I'm really glad I did because I get to use my hands. I get to use the products we make on my clients. I get to help people feel great inside and out. So 
And what, what incorporates that. the aesthetics license? Facials and what else? So it's it's basically under the the umbrella of like professional skincare services. So it's facials, waxing, body body rituals. It's mm-hmm. lash and eyebrow tinting. It's and then it can go even farther into like micro needling, or it's called collagen induction therapy, mm-hmm. microdermabrasion, chemical peels, dermaplaning. So there's a whole broad scope of stuff that we can do. Um, which is pretty cool, you know? And then like, if we're under the supervision of a medical doctor, we can do like the vampire facials or, you know, things that people see mm-hmm. out there in the world. Yeah. So what I really liked about this program is that it was botanical based. So I was like, oh man, like I can use, mm-hmm. you know, everything I've learned up until this point. And um, I ended up uh, driving to Denver every other weekend for about nine months, <laughs> 400 <laughs> miles round trip. Wow, every other right. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot, but um, commitment. Yeah, exactly. So I finished that program in September of 2016, mm-hmm. and that was the same month that I graduated from my master's degree program. Okay. And that was the same month that Brianna and I found. Actually, her husband was the one who saw the number in the window, mm-hmm. but found our little shop in Crested Butte. So okay. it kind of it literally all mm-hmm. like. I'm definitely the type of person who's like planner, 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 like think ahead in the future. But like at that point in my life, I really had no idea that this would happen. But in that same month, these things just kind of fell together. And we were like, all right, we're going to, we're going to open a shop. I'm going to do facials. Brianna also practices structural integration. Um, It's kind of like, it's called rolfing, but it's fascia manipulation. So we were like, so we're just going to like combine all of our forces here and Mm -hmm. sell our products and Mm -hmm. have a treatment room. And it started very, very small, but we were like, we saw the need in the summer um, for people wanting our products. So yeah, yeah, we found the space. I graduated from my master's degree program and I finished the aesthetics for all September, 2016. It was wild. Yeah. I mean, mean, in my mind, I'm just seeing all these forces coming together. It's interesting. You say, Oh, I'm not a planner or that you, (laughs) it says you are a planner that you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you like, and yet, in in the story you've just described, (laughs) I feel like you allowed a lot of room for things to naturally evolve, and to have that kind of moment where things can come together, and you're not forcing them. Exactly. Yep. And that was a huge lesson I had to learn also because, I mean, I think it goes back to the way we we grew up in a very like traumatic and hectic environment, almost Mm -hmm. like never knowing like what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. I think for me, learning to like let go and let kind of the universe unfold what was going to happen next, that was a big hurdle and hard thing for me to do. But there's, there's a lot to be said when you kind of just almost take a step back and be like, okay. I I can make the best decisions I can with what's in front of me right now, but you also have to like let go a little bit too, which was hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, at the same time, I feel like you did it so well, you know, you didn't force the medical school decision. You, you gave that time and then you reassessed after your year of volunteering and you weren't really sure where things with Brianna would lead. Correct. Yeah. You didn't seem to have to have the answers. You just acted on what you knew at the time time. I mean, you, and you yep. seriously checked in or they weren't impulsive decisions. Um, and I give a lot of credit to the place 
the physical place I was in, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I was exercising, I was outside, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. enjoying the beauty of what was here, you yeah. know, so I think being in a really safe and beautiful physical mm-hmm. space kind of allowed me to let other things fall into place, mm-hmm. you know, like where had I been somewhere where I, you know, felt stifled or mm-hmm. a little bit claustrophobic, I think I would have been a little bit more um, trying to like force what's next. But I really yeah. give credit to being in a being in a really beautiful physical space that I was like, okay, I can check out, I can like go for a run for an hour in the wildflowers or like go to the beach. And yeah, it's, it's, we're, we live in a very, very special space. So I, I give credit to that. Yeah, I hear you. It allowed you some kind of breathing room. And but, you know, but at the same time that you put yourself there, you know, I did. Yeah. (laughs) You realized in Seattle, that's what you needed to thrive. So you're kind of highlighting your your flexibility and your ability to let go. You know, you took that that leap of faith. And what else would you attribute to the success of having arrived in, you know, in doing something that you really love and also having a business that is, is doing well. Yeah. So now you have two shops, yeah. right? You have a, we do. <laughs> a shop in Gunnison as well. Yeah. To be a, again, a hundred percent honest, the ability of, of, of space. I ended up again, the Gunnison Valley is, is a t- it's affordable housing is incredibly hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And um, in my first year of working at the nonprofit, you know, in my, in my like planning brain, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to like make it work here? Like, how can I make this work? And, you know, rent costs a lot of money here. Mm -hmm. So out of pure curiosity, one day at work, I was like, Mm -hmm. I wonder what the cheapest house in Gunnison is like, (laughs) totally. I just, just wondering. So I did like went to like realtor.com. I did Uh a filtered search Uh and I saw, I saw a trailer, a two bed, one bath, 900 square foot, like Uh super retro 1980s trailer for sale, Uh um, for $10,000. And I was like, (laughs) that's a, that's a year of rent, you know? Uh Uh So I had, I had like a tiny little chunk of money saved up for when my dad passed away. Like, I think at this point it was like, eight years before. So I, I bought that trailer and I fixed it up wow. and I found a really affordable way to live um, mm-hmm. because the, because the trailer was so affordable. I mean, I bought it for next to nothing mm-hmm. and that's what I, that's what I have lived in <laughs> basically ever since. Again, I, I give credit to that space of, you yeah. know, like yeah. had I been paying a, a super high amount of money and rent every month, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to start a business. Yeah. I wouldn't have felt comfortable leaving my salaried nonprofit job. I wouldn't have been able to afford driving back and forth to Denver and doing this program. Um, so I really, I give credit to that, that darn trailer. Yeah. 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 This freedom to invest your time and money elsewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's like, I got, I, I got unheard of lucky, but I'm trying to like redefine like trailer park life, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and simple, I just, you know, yeah. and well, also with your giggle, like, you know, to me, that's part of what's led you to this happy point is you're courageous. You're adventurous. Yeah. yeah you got to laugh at it. You know, like, yeah. I feel like the hard, the hard part of life is over. So uh-huh. now it's just, you know, having some fun, you know? Yeah. But you were, you know, you were willing to be, do something out of the norm, you know, it wasn't your For sure. place to live in Gunnison. 
Correct. <laughs> and yet you made it your own and it, and it yeah. opened up so many other possibilities for you. Yeah. It's, it's my sanctuary now, you yeah. know, like I, every time I go home, I just, uh, I'm really grateful for that little, that little place. It's, you know, I got, I got, and for me too, it was like a huge learning curve. Cause like mm-hmm. I learned how to lay floor and I learned how to turn my water main off uh-huh. and I learned how to, you know, like I learned yeah. these things that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And that, that, that really gave me like a boost almost of yeah. like, you know what, like I can do this. I'm capable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I give a, again, a lot of, a lot of credit to that trailer. Oh, and I, I want to give credit yeah. to you. So yeah. So now you have, and, and I don't think we've said the name of your business, which is Rooted Apothecary. Rooted Apothecary. Yes. Soon to become, however, Uprooted Apothecary. Uprooted. Um, okay. And you yeah. also have an online business. We do. Yep. You can find us at rooted-apothecary.com. All right. Yeah. And if yeah. To, just to end, what, what would you want to pass down to people who are in college and, you know, at the cusp of trying to figure out what to do and, you know, what would be some advice you'd want to say? I would say to allow yourself to take time to really think about what's important to you and what your goals in life are and what's going to make you happiest. Not, you know, the professors, the groups, the parents, the whatnot, but really just allowing yourself space to, to check in with yourself and to ask yourself and to have a conversation with yourself of like, how do I see my life going in five, 10 or 15 years? Or what, what are, what are some priorities to me that I need to have in my life? So I think it's just allowing yourself the space to start having that conversation with mm. yourself. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have to know right away, you know, it can be an evolving conversation. It can yeah. change. It can, you know, but just, just yeah. the really allowing yourself that space I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, cause I, when I look at the trajectory of your path, you know, in, in your, in your twenties and how you're not yet 30, are you? I am 29. <laughs> 29. Yeah. So you're right at the yeah. end of this de- decade of yours. And you took yes. steps and you reevaluated and you, you kind of created from what you encountered. You know, you thought you'd only stay yeah. here at the volunteer organization, but you stayed longer. Then you met Brianna and that partnership was working. And then the two of you moved from a farmer's market kind of model where you were also, yeah. have, you know, had another job to taking it and making it a full business with her. And, 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 yeah. and to your point, when you moved to Gunnison, you weren't Yeah, sure. I thought I was only going to be there for yeah. a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to know right away, you know? It's yeah, it's it's fluid for sure. Yeah. Very nice. Feels encouraging yeah. to me. And what what is next for you? What do you I think I'd like to like start a family in my 30s. Uh-huh. I think that's a that's like an important piece for me. So, hopefully within a I don't know, not anytime soon, but I would like to, you know, have a family and do uh-huh. some traveling. And like build a home. So Uh I think that would be fun. And do you see doing that in conjunction with your current business? Yeah, I would love to still continue doing what I'm doing, but have, you know, a couple littles doing it with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's a nice image to end on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I just really want to thank you for your time and sharing your story. Yeah, I'm honored that you decided to call me. Thanks for listening to Just Ahead. Be sure to rate and subscribe our podcast so you never miss an episode. 
If you'd like to learn more about me, visit my website at www.agoodlife.coach or follow me on Instagram at agoodlife.coach. Join us again next week to hear more folks share the practical and inspirational around their working lives post-college.